0: From Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network, you're listening to the Sports Stove Podcast with your host, Vince Stover. Welcome into today's Sports Stove podcast, and I am doing a instant reaction to the Super Bowl. It is Sunday night recording. Most of you will be listening to this on Monday uh, morning or afternoon, sometime as well. My family is in bed, so I'm trying not to be too loud for them. They're just going to have to get over it. Let's talk about. We're going to talk about the Super Bowl tonight. We're going to talk about uh, UFC Fight Night on Saturday. It was an incredible card and a, a great night of watching fights. And then we'll talk a little bit of basketball before we close out this quick podcast episode uh, here. Tonight's episode, today's episode, this episode of the Sports Stove podcast is brought to you by Skull Candy and Blue Coolers and Belly Up Sports skull candy is providing true wireless earphones and i'm talking about prices that are very affordable uh, for the simplest of of earbuds and then also obviously top-notch headphones earbuds speakers all those sorts of things for all different budgets and it's available at skullcandy.com but don't just go to skullcandy.com go to the podcast notes click on the link we provide for you so they know that we sent you and uh, get your next set of earbuds then Blue coolers, they have a 55-quart cooler. It is the the best seller for blue coolers, a phenomenal product, five-star rated. They have a guarantee with it, five years guarantee. They have 10-day ice retention in these coolers, Uh, phenomenal product. Some have even called blue coolers the Yeti killer, and uh, they are the the top-of-the-line cooler at a more affordable price than some of the other leading brands out there. So make sure you go visit Blue Cooler. Again, go to the link in the podcast notes. And uh, and so that way they know that we sent you. And then Belly Up Sports, you go to bellyupsports.com. You're going to find podcasts. Uh, you're going to find articles about all the different sports and uh, something for everyone there at bellyupsports.com. So make sure you go visit there as well. And uh, support those that support us. All right, let's dive right into the Super Bowl uh, here tonight. At the end of the night, it is Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers um, uh, just out playing and out coaching the Kansas City Chiefs tonight. So we'll start with the Chiefs' stats. Patrick Mahomes throws for 270 yards, zero touchdowns, two interceptions. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, nine carries for 64 yards. Travis Kelsey, 10 10 catches for 133 yards. Hill, seven catches, 73 yards. Some big-time drops uh, early in the game for Kansas City, never being able to find the end zone, and uh, ultimately their, their downfall. Tom Brady goes for 201 yards. Not a spectacular night. Three touchdowns, zero interceptions, and that's all that they needed from him tonight. Leonard Fournette carries the ball 16 times, 89 yards and a touchdown. Ronald Jones Jr., 12 touches, 61 yards. And then... Rob Gronkowski has been of limited use throughout the season. He goes six catches, 67 yards, and two big-time touchdowns for Tampa Bay. As far as the defense goes, Kansas City only got one sack and two quarterback hits. Uh, The uh, Tampa Bay defense, three sacks, two interceptions, coming from their two young, talented defensive players, Antoine Winfield and Devin White. Uh, with the two interceptions there, in a great game for sure by the Tampa Bay defense. Todd Bowles, the last two two weeks of the season against Green Bay and against Kansas City, called us spectacular games and uh, really came out to show. Now, the big argument going around Twitter was the officiating in the first half, especially here. And some fellows from the uh, Two Drunk Brothers podcast, which is on the Belly Up Sports Network, Um, kind of went at the Kansas City fans and those talking about the officiating, saying, well, the officiating uh, didn't kick the field goals, the officiating didn't throw the interceptions, the officiating didn't do all these things, and therefore kind of playing off the officiating as a non-issue. But if you look at that first half, and number one, let me make clear, I'm not blaming the officials for Kansas City's loss. Kansas City did enough on their own to cause that loss. But in the first half, It was eight penalties to one, eight penalties called on Kansas City, one penalty called on Tampa Bay. In the second half, it was even three to three. So you're telling me that in the first half, Tampa Bay only committed one foul, but in the second half, they fouled uh, evenly with Kansas City. Listen, that's not the case. There were ticky tack fouls being called. And I'm not saying that all the calls were wrong calls. I'm saying they didn't call it evenly in the first half. They were calling anytime a Kansas City defender grabbed a shoulder, touched a shoulder, of a receiver, they threw the flag for holding. When Tampa Bay did it, nothing whatsoever. When a Kansas City player wrapped his arm around the waist of a, of a Tampa Bay receiver, it was a penalty. When Tampa did it to Kansas City, it was not a penalty. And then you talk about two scores for Kansas City came as a result of penalties called on uh, on Kansas City. One was the offsides on the kickoff or the, the field goal attempt by Tampa Bay uh, uh, there and, and had that offsides, gave them a first down. And I watched three, four plays, uh, from both teams after that, seeing guys lined up offsides, no call. Their head was over the ball, that kind of a thing, no call, but they decided to call it on the field goal attempt, which gave Tampa the first down. They eventually scored. Then there was uh two pass interference calls. The one was the tripping, uh, that happened. And that was clearly a, a penalty. No, no argument there. The other one was in the end zone, the ball overthrown out of the end zone. Mike Evans ran into Tyron Matthew. He was standing at the goal line, and Mike Evans ran into him. They threw the flag, pass interference. It wasn't a hold. I saw someone else, no names to be mentioned, said, Well, it was still a hold, so it still would have been a penalty. No, he ran straight into Winfield. They called the penalty, which gave him the ball at the one, which led to ultimately another touchdown. You're talking about going into the half, the difference being either six, 13 to six. Or twenty-one to six, and uh, and ultimately that changed the way the game was played moving forward. In the second half, the officiating got much more even. It was it was much better, I thought, in the second half. And Kansas City still could not get going offensively, and were unable to put any uh, anything in the end zone. All just the three field goals, and uh, and and by the way, Patrick Mahomes. Two of those plays that were incomplete in the end zone. He was being tackled, thrown to the ground, and he still made an on-target throw both times. Incredible talent there. I think we'll see Patrick Mahomes back in the Super Bowl before his career is done, but hey, Things are crazy. You never know what's going to happen. That's enough on the Super Bowl. You have your thoughts and opinions as well. And uh, and if you, you know, listen, I hate Tom Brady. He's a cheater, um, uh, but he's the greatest of all time at the same time. So respect to him, and congratulations to him, to Gronkowski, to Bruce Arians, to Byron Leftwich, to Todd Bowles, to all involved. There, with the exception of Antonio Brown, we do not congratulate him. But everybody else, or in Sue, but everybody else, we do congratulate on their Super Bowl victory in Tampa, and congratulations. The home field advantage, both at the field and with the officials, worked in Tampa Bay's favor, egging the Super Bowl, and another win for Tom Brady to go and build his legacy, especially outside of his time with Bill Belichick. Let's move on quickly and talk about UFC Fight Night. It was Vegas 18, and it was a stacked card loaded with talented fighters, and really gave us some great fights. The headline event, the main event, Volkov uh, beats Overeem in round two with the uh, knockout. He he just dominated. Volkov is such a, uh, a great talent for the size. I mean, he's so tall and lanky. Um, Overeem at 40 years old, still fighting hard. But Volkov, clearly the better fighter in this fight. Knocks out Overeem. Then Clay Gita, he got the unanimous decision and he just dominated his fight. Another older fighter that just out there giving everything. He looked great. Benil Dariush, Dariush, is my, maybe my new favorite fighter. Him and uh, Fieda had a, I think, fight of the night. They, they battled out. It was a split decision, uh, even though I don't think it should have been. It should have been unanimous. But either way, the fight was a great fight. They went on for three rounds. Great show put on. Benil Dariush, uh, he just looked so good, especially in the third round, and uh, loved his interview afterwards. He didn't call out anybody, but he did push for his friend to get just one shot, he said, in the UFC, give him a full fight camp and a chance to fight. Um, And uh, I just I I really uh, started to really like Benil Dariush and looking forward to his next fight. But – The scene of the night at UFC Fight Night was Corey Sandhagen. 28 seconds into his fight uh, against Frankie Edgar. He does a flying knee to the jaw, and Frankie Edgar falls like a tree. Just boom, straight down to the mat. Fight over. Sandhagen could probably fight next weekend because he took zero damage in that fight, and uh, that fight went nowhere fast. Corey Sandhagen with the possible knockout of the year already here in February. Uh, it was impressive to say the least, and uh, so shout out to the UFC and all the fighters on the UFC uh, Vegas 18 card. It was a heck of a show and a wonderful night to watch fights. Then this college basketball weekend, we saw some upsets when we saw some games Worth mentioning, uh, number 18, Mizzou, knocks off number 10, Bama, 68-65. to Alabama has been playing some great basketball, and Mizzou came and took care of business against Bama. Illinois, 75, Wisconsin, 60, uh, a battle there of top 25 teams. Illinois looks to be back to form this year, and they beat and dominated Wisconsin. Then number 11, Tennessee, and, uh, Kentucky and me being in Lexington, Kentucky, I have to mention this. Kentucky was up 10 points with 10 minutes to go in the game. And they end up losing this game by 11 points. Uh, listen, I know 10 minutes in a game is a long way to go. Kentucky has not been able to finish games this season and it's been coaching. It's not been players. I mean, the players haven't made the shots. The coaching has not put them in positions to win games this year for whatever reason. Coach John Calipari is refusing to put in lineups that work, especially in crunch time. And he continues to play guys that can't hit the side of a barn. If they're trying to shoot and the basket's as big as a a horse track, they can't make it inside the horse track. It's horrible. And he's playing guys like Devin Askew when he can't hit anything. You got to pull him out. You got to put someone else in. And Askew plays hard. And I like him as a player. But when he can't make a basket, you got to pull him out and put someone else in. You got to give someone else a shot. He's stuck with BJ Boston all season. Boston's had some good games, but overall he's been a huge disappointment. This is the worst Coach Calipari team at Kentucky by far, without a shadow of a doubt. And the year that Narlins Noel was here, uh, they weren't good. And as they made the NIT and lost in the first round of the NIT, this team is, is playing worse than that. But they have a lot more talent than that Noel team had Nonetheless, they keep losing, and it's all because of coaching. The coaching refuses to put in the right players, the right mix of players. He refuses to change styles and 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 make it work with the talent that he has. And as they continue to be stubborn, their only hope for making the tournament uh, is, is an SEC tournament championship. And we don't even know if there's going to be an SEC tournament. Coach Calipari keeps saying, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, we're definitely going to play. But he's the only one coach. He can't make that decision for the conference And I'm not sure that UK has any shot. Even if there is an SEC tournament, they're not going to win it. No shot at all. Kentucky's season is just going down the drain. Then on Sunday, uh, we had Indiana upsetting number eight Iowa, sixty-seven to sixty-five, and then Valparaiso seventy-four. Number twenty-five Drake loses for the first time this season. They get blown out by Valpo, seventy-four to fifty-seven. And so, college basketball in full swing as we are in February now, marching closer to the uh, if there are conference tournaments, the conference tournaments, and of course, ultimately March Madness held in the Indianapolis region uh, coming up soon as well. It has been a great weekend for sports: uh, Saturday basketball, Saturday UFC fights, Sunday football. And it's hard to believe the football season is done. But for people like me, this is the greatest time of year because now we're heading into free agency, heading into the draft, heading into some big-time trades when we're talking about quarterbacks like Carson Wentz, Sam Darnold, could both be on the move. People have been calling Seattle about Russell Wilson. Seattle saying he's not available, but yet people are still calling. The people called for Aaron Rodgers. Packer said not available. Deshaun Watson, Houston says we're not trading him. Yet I think eventually – Deshaun Watson will get moved. But definitely Carson Wentz, the, right now the thought is he's going to Chicago. Um, then you're talking about Sam Darnold's getting calls as well, or the Jets are getting calls about him. Where could he end up? There's several teams in need of, of solid veteran quarterbacks. So it'll be interesting to see how all of that shakes down. Of course, you had the uh, NFL Awards this weekend as well. Uh, seeing guys like Aaron Rodgers, MVP, Aaron Donald. Defensive player of the year, Derrick Henry. Offensive player of the year, uh, Justin Herbert winning offensive rookie of the year over Justin Jefferson. A little bit of a surprise just to the point that Jefferson played all season and Herbert played most of the season. But uh, you see that it's just, I I don't know. I thought Jefferson deserved to win that one. But they went to the quarterback there. And then, uh, um, of course, Chase Young in Washington getting defensive player of the year. Alex Smith, the runaway, even though it wasn't unanimous, surprisingly enough, Alex Smith, the Runaway Comeback Player of the Year as well. The NFL season is over. Uh, We are in the middle of NBA and NHL seasons. We're getting ready to kick things up with Major League Baseball. Uh, We'll have more to talk about that in the coming days as well. A big month here for us at the sports stove. We already had on uh, the ASUN commissioner, Ted Gumbart. If you haven't listened to that interview, I encourage you to. If you're a sports geek, if you like The the behind-the-scenes things, Ted Gumbert's interview was great. He talked about uh, canceling the NCAA tournament last year, their plans for this year, and uh, things moving forward. The ASUN is growing and adding teams as well. Then on February 18th, we are interviewing Tom Allen, head football coach at Indiana University, and uh, he'll be with us for a few minutes, so looking forward to having him with us. And then we also have on the docket for late February Jack McCallum, He is the writer of Seven Seconds or Less, the book about the Phoenix Suns. He also Wrote a book about the Dream Team. He was a a Sports Illustrated writer back in the 90s and uh, for, I think, 30 years or so. But he uh, traveled with the Dream Team as a podcast about the Dream Team. So we'll have him on to talk uh, all things related to the Dream Team and NBA over the years as well. So big stuff coming up. So make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. Share with other people as well. Sports Stove Podcast. You can find us on most podcast platforms. You can find us on YouTube as well. Follow us on Twitter at Sports Stove. Uh, where we share our opinions and thoughts throughout the day. Make sure you go to the podcast notes and visit our sponsors, Skull Candy, Blue Coolers, and Belly Up Sports. And uh, remember, Valentine's Day is coming up very shortly. So get the one that you love, some candy for their ears with Skull Candy earbuds or headphones. And uh, if you have an, uh, a sweetheart that is an outdoors person, the Blue Coolers is a great gift uh, as well. So thank you for tuning into this short edition of the Sports Stove podcast. We should have a new episode out Thursday morning. So until next time, we will see you around the Sports Stove.